What's up, everybody? Welcome to a different episode of the One Deeper Podcast. This is just me today. Uh, and I wanted to talk about something that I've been thinking about for the past week or so. Um, which is the proposal by... I guess the Minister of Education in the Netherlands. Let me just look that up. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Yeah. Um, Robert de Graaf. Anyways, so the idea, I guess, here is to make the tertiary education so the education in dutch universities at least in the bachelor's level if i understand it to be taught predominantly in dutch as a rule um so universities would not have a choice in this matter if i'm understanding correctly and they would be required by law to teach most of their courses if not all of them sans some exceptions which have to be gotten you know by from the minister itself by instead of um, rather with some exceptions you have to teach everything in Dutch so I thought I had you know I thought I had some like something meaningful insightful and insightful to say about this um which i <laughs> which i don't know if it's, it's true um so i started writing stuff down and actually wrote uh, something like a blog post about what this got me thinking about and i was going to actually just dictate what i wrote but i thought it would be a little um, you know difficult to, I don't know. I find all the, I find listening to like scripted things kind of kind of weird. Like audiobooks, for example, I find strange. Like I don't know, it just doesn't seem natural. So I might go back and read stuff from this thing that I wrote, little essay like thing. But mostly, I just want to free ball and just um, talk about what I, the thoughts that I had, what I felt when I. So how I first learned about this because you know I tried to basically keep myself isolated from a lot of unnecessary news like i use my social network in the sense that the people i know as a filter for the information out there right so i take a reasonable amount of care in my immediate network and the and I take a reasonable amount of care in how much access people have to me in my in my mind. I love this quote. Uh, I can't. Remember, I don't know who who said this, but it was that um, the trouble with having an open mind is that people insist on trying to put things in it. So uh, yeah. So my, my my thinking basically is that like I have this network of people and who I who I respect and who I sort of use use as a filter for of information, and if it gets to me eventually, then it probably matters, and I'm not too concerned if I get information a week or so later, right? 
um anyway but in this case i was i was at this um summer barbecue slash event for the for the for the faculty and stuff and the uh, i think it was like the dean i can't remember who it was but he was you know like the he made a speech at the opening of the ceremony and he mentioned something about you know how the university is behind their inter- international community and all that and i was like what's this guy talking about because uh, i had no idea i was <laughs> i wasn't paying attention to the news or anything um so because you know there's a lot of noise out there a lot of information so it's kind of difficult to keep yourself open to everything that happens and it's it's something i take a lot of care in anyway so the university then eventually sent out an email saying this is what's happening sorry this is the this is uh, this is what's been going on and um here's the, here's a summary of um what's been discussed etc etc yeah so it was like an email saying regarding the proposed legislation concerning internationalization share your concerns about etc etc and then they also provide a nice little summary of the proposed resi- resi- proposed pro- legislation which is interesting which is nice uh, uh, um, so anyway my, the point here is that i'm not trying to criticize or pass judgment on this decision i'm just cuz you know what the hell do i know uh that's always been my starting point for any of anything it's like dude what the hell do i know i'm just some guy right and so this is not i'm just expressing what i the thoughts that ran through my head and the things that got i i got, got that got it got me thinking about so anywho um if you want to know more about this you, i'm sure you can find it online just look it up um but the hillberg university website has uh, really has a page about it about i'm not sure, I, i think it's accessible to everybody no maybe not actually i think it maybe have to be a part of i don't know i'm not sure actually let me just see if i can log into this without my in a in a incognito browser and it still asks me to log in then in, in, that would mean that not everyone can see this yeah it looks like you have to log in so i'm not going to say anything from this because i think it's only for people who are in the university or people who have been working here or something because i i do work for the university so maybe that's why i got it anyway so but i'm sure you can look it up there's plenty of news articles about it um so i thought i'd talk about it because you know i've been an international student basically my whole life um it started like and i think it's interesting it's, a, it's an interesting perspective so i thought i'd share i'd share a bit more about it because i'm not sh- not sure if many people have the experience of being an international student their whole life like it's kind of kind of a weird experience and it kind of shapes your world view in a really weird way so when i was uh, like from my like the youngest from the 
the earliest age, right? Think about, you know, preschool. I was basically raised in an international environment. Forgive me for this uh, little breaks because it's morning time and I'm drinking my coffee and you know um so what does it so what does that mean so just to take you back a little bit i was born in sri lanka in 1991 and that was a year so the sri lanka was in the middle of this insane civil war right okay i'm not going to go into details about the war and about like who did what and when and why because that's just a hornet's nest that i don't want to poke right now um cuz it's it's way about my pay grade but anyway the war would only end like again i'm not saying good guys won bad guys lost i have no like it's too complicated for me to make make comments on that but the war would end only 18 years after i was born so i i was born like in the in a in the pretty preposterous situation and just to give you an idea about the war just plug in just plug in any the the most gratuitous violence you can imagine from anything like from the war that's going on right now in in the ukraine of course that's I'm not comparing them i'm not saying they're the same but like just violence when it comes to bloodshed rape murder put it all out there so both sides right like and if you want to get a more of understanding about um the war in sri lanka is like a you know 20 something 30 year war and how it started i will put links in the description it's pretty tragic i would say yeah um anyway um read about it and for i also want to make a small aside for people who may not actually be that worst or sort of aware of the distribution of the human capability for violence and the level at which you can dehumanize a population and just completely uh you know it's like how bad it can be the depths of the human condition so like this is nothing to do with <laughs> this is nothing to do with what i want to talk about it's just a side note and i'm going to link a few books that i really suggest you read because um i think it's amazing that we're in a time in our lives in certain parts of the world at least because you know it can't it had to happen somewhere first i'm glad there are parts of the world where the violence like this is so on is so rare that you just don't under, just don't have a have a have a frame of reference frame of reference for how bad it can be so i'm gonna, i'm going to recommend a few books and put them in the description i'll just say them now uh, i would recommend the book columbine 
this is a deep dive into the uh, Columbine school shooting and then a dive into behind the minds of the shooters. The other one I recommend is uh, is called Ordinary Men. This is about a this is about the the po- um, Nazi occupation of uh, Poland. Jesus, please let me. I got that right. It's been a while since I read this. Uh, uh, <laughs> read this book. What, what's the description? Uh, Ordinary Men. Yeah, it's a true story of Reserve Police Battalion 101 of the German police order, which was responsible for mass shootings, as well as roundups um, of Jewish people for deportation to Nazi death camps in Poland in 1942. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, this is about this is a book about transformation from going from um, just average policemen and how they transformed into something insane that, so that's a good one um and then the other one i want i would i would recommend is the rape of nanking this is about um this is regarding the japanese occupation and invasion of china uh, it's been a while yeah it is okay okay jeez this flows over. We're getting stuff wrong when I say things in this <laughs> on the podcast. But um, yeah, amazing books. Also, I mean, I think I would also say like Crime and Punishment by Dostoevsky. Um, yeah. So just if to get to get an idea of like, I think that's, those are like good ways to sort of get an understanding of what the human beings are capable of. Anyway, I only bring this up to set the backdrop for the environment that I was born into and not because, you know, it, not to say that, oh, this is why I am the way I am, but I want to highlight the situation so that it puts the decisions that my parents made in some context, right? as to why they raised me the way they raised me and the the experiences they gave me and the things that you know um shaped shaped my shaped shaped a lot shaped a lot of my um outlook and my values not to say that you know like there's a lot of, there's there's obviously a big component of my personality that's genetic you know from and comes from my genes and from, from my parents this is not controversial controversial you can look this up um and it may have been the case that the way i am sort of fit better to certain you know ideas certain uh, cultural values certain ways of doing things like for example the western ideal of being able to just speak your mind say what you have to say you know um, not having to be afraid of what you think and who you are like those do, I, I could have come up, like it feels like those 
were something that I those are like things that I could have written or like could have come up with not to say like those ideas that I came up with but like because they just fit so well with my personality um, and you know like I've never never enjoyed being told what to say and uh, being told what I should think and shouldn't think right um anyways so i was born in this this backdrop where my parents would have like you know i've i've spoke to them about this um quite a bit and i've asked them okay so like you know why did you do why did you raise me in the way you did why did you do what, what decisions did you take and so consider that i was born in this situation where like okay i'm born right like so this i'm born to two parents who are like you know at the time i was born i would say they were probably lower class or low class or low middle class maybe right um but sri lanka is a kind of at the time was a pretty fucked up place because you know on the same day that i was born just to the north of the country where all this uh, insane war and you know exp- like the colombo was relatively sort of insulated i would say you know uh, compared to the parts of the where the where, where the act- actual front of where the war was happening and i don't like so i was i was born to do this to you know low middle class parents and i was lucky in the sense that they were singalese buddhist sri lankans right and they were, and they were in colombo and i it, it's not lost on me that at the same day maybe even the same time that i was born another kid was born in the north to tamil sri lankans and his experience and my experience would have were probably it was drastically different um so l- there's a lot of luck and draw dr- you know just luck of the draw in my experience and that's not lost on me so i think that's worth mentioning anyway so imagine imagine having a kid in the situation right there are car bombs suicide bombers like uh, banks are getting bombed uh, government buildings are getting bombed uh, you know like it's dangerous to go out at night like blackouts we routine blackouts so that you know we we have the city is safe from air air raids like you know i have the distinct memory of you know seeing anti aircraft like launches you know this little red beams flying like glowing out into the, like into the night sky um so that's like so so that was the environment that i was born into and this has been and you know by the time my parents had me they had dealt with they had been de- they had already been dealing with this reality for a while and before that there when they were kids they had another whole nightmare uh of uh, communists and you know hanging people from power lines and you know it, like it's a, that was their experience and that and they 
had to make some decisions about okay how are we going to raise this kid and you know make make sure he has a life like you know he can make something of himself so uh from what i've gathered from at the time and even into this day they had a lot of admira- admiration for the west right like my grandfather spoke perfect english like my dad's dad i never got to meet my mom's dad because he died i think just before when my parents got married in an accident um so my grandfather spoke perfect english english and he spoke and he worked with worked with uh, british nationals and so he he had a great deal of admiration for the west and i think he imparted some of that to my dad and i it's weird i don't know where my mom got this from but because her family and her parents were very traditional sri lankans right and they moved from a really small town like my i my mom tells me that my like her dad he was really educated he was a he was um uh, you know he was, a, he was he, yeah, man I, i remember i forget his occupation but um he was really he was very really, well educated and then at some point they were living in this small town really far from the main city of colombo and this and my, my grandfather decided like okay we're going to sell this land we're going to make make a high risk high risk play move to move closer to colombo put our kids in, in you know like new better schools etc and so i don't know anyway but the point is they had they saw the west as, as a way as a form of liber, liberation right they had a they had a great deal of admiration for it and they still do um so they they were like okay well what if we just prepare this kid to be useful there right and this in a in a weird way made them outliers in or like they, they had trouble actually fitting in even with their own families so even the immediate family for my parents you know they weren't too happy about this uh, decision and they don't they weren't too happy about like how they behaved as well cuz you know they seemed like two people who were shunning all the you know like traditional sri lankan values even though it's not true at all like my parents are some of the two of the most traditional human beings I've, like sri lankans i've ever met and they were just making a very practical sort of like calculation and i, I and i i really admire that like they they like, they, they just looked at the looked at the environment thought looked at the future they were like okay let's make a pretty bold claim it's okay if if my if my if, if my sisters and cousins don't want to think i'm like i don't know some sort of race uh race betrayer or something let's just make sure this kid has maximum opportunities and yeah so they sort of were uh, they got a lot of flack for the decisions they took Right so the main thing that they did was educate me almost exclusively in English right and 
um it's a weird sort of um thing so if you've never heard of it, what an international school is i'll place a link to a description of it there's a nice wikipedia article about it and so basically an international school it's not like there's no it's weird cuz like there's not really something as an international school in the sense that what does it mean cuz internationals like there's no place called inter, in, like international right international is not a place international is a is a is a is a is a what i don't know what it is but it's not a place full of people that have its own culture right i don't sort of sort of understand what this international culture thing means i think it's just it's weird i don't know what that means okay i could be wrong i have no idea what it means but there's not a place so international schools weren't teaching us something international they were just they were teaching us something about a very particular kind of national or a different national which in the case of sri lanka was british now we've had a sri lanka has had a long history with the british we got independence in the 1960s wait god i am so terrible please no <laughs> sri lanka independence day jesus christ when is it i'm terrible fucking christ no not the not when did not the date in 1948 jesus oh fucking see told you i'm a terrible sri lankan by all by all all uh, <sighs> by all metrics anyway so we had a history with british and we also had a long history with the dutch so uh i wonder if there's a uh, is there a wikipedia page for this dutch occupation dutch uh, on occupation dutch uh, sri lanka dutch ceylon Yeah, there's a Wikipedia article about it. Nice. Okay. I'll definitely share that. It's interesting. Long history with the Sri Lanka with Sri Lanka, the the, the Dutch have sort of the English. But anyway, so when's when uh so the main education model that is followed by international schools at least when I was in school, so that was I left school in 2009 so that's been, it's been a while I, i'm fairly certain it's still the case because my the school i went my first my second high school still exists so i'm pretty sure it's the same thing so it's basically a british curriculum of education and you sit for the cambridge or edexcel o level you know a level thing um exam and so that's the kind of education so 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 my first school was this really really small school like when i mean small i mean like when you were in this classroom it's literally like being packed together like in a can of sardines like and, and what i mean is if you're at the back when the class fills up and you have to go to the ba- go to the toilet like you better be able to hold it cuz otherwise you have to move get everyone else to move and like stand up it's a, it, was, it was it was it was a really small school um and it was at the back i remember like it was at the 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 front entrance of the school was at was at the, at the back of this restaurant and at the back of the restaurant is where all the where the giant trash cans are so the entrance smelled like garbage all the time and yeah like 
it was just a, it was a mess, but it was my first school and it's where I learned my ABCs. But the point is, this was an international school that my parents could afford, right? So, so at this time, my parents are still sort of trying to get their shit together. I mean, they were had they had their shit together, but you know, they were just like a young couple, you know, trying to trying trying to like um, get their act together. And an international school curriculum, like I said, even at the time, was very, it's just a British English curriculum, right? So I learned English from old books from like all old british books that are that are used to teach british kids english right so in the books you know you'd have very british things <laughs> right like british like you know Brit, like uh, images of you know british like family having breakfast or like you know what they do when they go out with their parents to the zoo or like uh, the market or whatever right and then here's the language and here's the Here's what you how you do it, and here's what, here's what you use, you know, like etc. etc. Um, it's weird, yeah, it's weird, and uh, that's how I learned. So, that, so, so, that, so that's how I learned English, and then and uh, I was just I listened to English music, I watched English TV shows, I watched um, and old. So, the thing is, everything because. Think of Sri Lanka as a small, tiny island, right? So, like, it is. <laughs> and we get everything late, right? So, when I was watching TV shows, I was watching TV shows and movies that were, like, 10 years old. <laughs> so, it's weird. Anyway. So, that's how I grew up. And from, from my first school, I learned English. I can speak Sinhalese. I can understand it. I can have a, like, a working composition i can speak and i i'm totally fine with it but i can't read it and i can't write it because I mean, my parents not for the lack of trying they really tried to get me to like learn how to write and read in singalese but i just wasn't interested and you know i was just like why because the things i wanted to get access to the information that i wanted was not in singalese it was like i don't know it just didn't it just didn't jive and so I, but my parents spoke to me in Sinhalese, so I speak to them in Sinhalese now, which is great, right? Um, I enjoy it. And that's and then I moved to a, another international school, which was I, I was like nine years old, and I moved to moved to another international school, which is like. A bigger one is far more prestigious, much more prestigious. At the time, it was probably considered the best school in the country, and yeah. So my parents were just able to afford, you know, send me the 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 reason I bring this up is because he, this is probably the time when the bubble around me started to form, in the sense that I was less and less in sync with my immediate environment in Sri Lanka. This is, I would say this is when, I, this is when it became most salient. So, even when I was like a little kid, before that, I was already having trouble engaging and 
hanging out with even my own cousins because almost all cause all of them i was the only one who went to went to an international school um um until one of my other cousins came of became uh, came to my came was born a while later but anyway um i was the only one who went to an international school and i spent most of my time you know speaking in english and learning english and doing learning british things and you know i had this weird experience when i first came to the netherlands actually so there's this book that i used to learn english from it's called it's called the radiant way or something and you know in that there there's like there were like little things where it's like okay fill in the blanks describing this beautiful day at the park right and you know like the duck you know like there are birds in the blank you know like the the, the people are love blank with their blank right and it was just like the, the image in the book was this serene like little you know western town with a small little pond and ducks swimming in the pond and uh, literally butterflies and people playing with balls and you know, riding their bikes and uh, and i actually never saw that in sri lanka right like yeah, like <laughs> i i legit cannot remember a time i saw an actual duck you know like the i'm i, I mean there are ducks in sri lanka i mean like the stereotypical duck you know with the white like the the orange beak and the white collar and the green head and yeah and i was like and then i came here and i like that was it was like that was literally my first neighborhood when i moved here and i was like oh my god this is it <laughs> this is what was in the book right that was a weird experience um um but uh, anyway so i was less and less able to interact with my immediate family cuz i was i just didn't have anything in common with them you know like i didn't watch the same films i didn't re- listen to the same music i couldn't en- i didn't enjoy the same music or the same books and same movies um we had nothing to talk about it was weird and every time i interacted with them i was just like man like they seemed to be preoccupied with things that just i just didn't didn't, didn't think mattered right anyway but so that was the first how we started and then at the time the, you know the like kids in the neighborhood and again i was the only one in any kid in my neighborhood who went to international school because everyone else went to the local public education public schools um where they were taught and educated in singalese and they watched singalese things they had everything was that right that was the whole world the island was their whole world um and that was not the case for me so when i was in school like my like i learned about christianity buddhism islam i learned tamil i learned like i learned about the industrial revolution about britain about the united states europe the world was like i i learned all these things in school but for most people in sri lanka at least my age they were like just the island was the whole world partly because a lot of the information just didn't just just didn't exist in singalese right because such a it's such a niche language 
and you weren't like exactly a superpower like a, you weren't not even close to being any superpower anywhere so this doesn't really matter um but so yeah like i would play cricket and you know soccer sometimes with the kids in the neighborhood but it became less and less frequent you know so we'd meet for a game of cricket you know we'd, we'd play in our yard or like i'd we'd play on the street and then we'd go our separate ways cuz like we couldn't really hang out we couldn't really you know our parents weren't friends because partly because my parents wanted they really wanted me to wanted to shield me from everything that they thought was bad about sri lanka about sri lanka about and sri lankan culture and how sri lankans think um of course that also meant i missed out on a lot of the good a lot of the good stuff so my parents were my direct connection to sri lankan culture i would say and my grandfather but yeah so it, it it was like that and then once i moved to this bigger school with more resources more extracurricular activities i basically dropped those i basically just stopped hanging out with people in my neighborhood and my other relatives i don't know why i never really had any hate in my heart for any of any of them or like i didn't feel like i was better than them or anything like that but i don't know maybe they felt something like that about me but anyway never really had a great relationship with my immediate family outside of my parents um so once i moved to the bigger school i made i made some amazing friends who i am still friends with today till this till this day my um, like my, like brothers to me um and but the school had more stuff right like we had more like we had a, we had a cricket club basketball we had our own giant library of books and videos and movies and dvds and like it was way bigger it was just a big better bigger place and it consumed pretty much all of my time like when i was not in class well i was a terrible student but that was not the point i mean i was not in school i was playing cricket with the school team and i played cricket and i and i practiced like five times a week so if i'm not if i'm not in class i was with them and then when i'm not practicing with the school team i was practicing outside of school with a, with the professional with a coach who you know i was it was basically just me and him and like some other kids and you know he's we spoke in english i couldn't hang out with other kids either cuz like it just just didn't fit um so i was sucked into this bubble completely by the time i was like i would say 12 13 14 years old and you know at this time it was like for me and my parents were were able to like you know they their, their fortunes were getting better they got lucky and they worked really hard so they would be able to give me more access to access to things like books and uh, tv shows my when it came to books my parents there was no like no book was too expensive and no book was out of bounds like i could read anything i wanted i could all I had to do was ask right and that was unbelievable because my parents worked a lot and i spent a lot of time alone when i was not in school um so books were my friends right and the characters like harry potter were my friends for a long time 
Um, and, you know, then video games were a thing. I remember getting my first computer. So all these things happened and, you know, uh, things changed. And the whole time I'm like, I'm trained. Like, so I'm basically insulated from the rest of the Sri Lankan community. And the situation in Sri Lanka eventually, you know, improved. The war came to an end in 2009. Um, and after a while, like I would say, when I, by the time I was like, you know, eight, seventeen, eight years old, I would say I'm, I would, I was more American slash British than I was Sri Lankan or Sinhalese. Like, you know, even though my birth certificate and my passport says otherwise. It was difficult. It was different. It was difficult to fit in. And I think it's all, it's the upbringing, but also just the way I am, right? I am a very, like, just, I want people to be whoever they want to be. And like, I have, have always had, had trouble with authority and just people telling me what to do. So it sort of fit very well with sort of like some of some very American, um, very American ways of look ways of looking at the world, right? Not all Americans like this, obviously, and I don't know. It's it's like a romantic notion maybe that that I had because I know like like what did I watch when I was a little kid, man? Like I watched the I watched the Night Rider and like A Team and. The GI Joe and He Man and you know like and later I went you know went like House not as as I got older and you know all these things and I watched anime and I watched all these like heroes do things that they wanted they wanted to do and I was like okay anyway so I moved to America uh, in when I was like nineteen to to go to university um so yeah. And then I was an international student. Like, so basically, I've been an international student my whole life, right? And now, there's, there's, so the upside is that I like the way I see the world. I like a lot who I, I like. I, it was not always the case, but now I'm, stro- I'm slowly starting to actually like and, you know, enjoy myself like the person I am. But it's weird because I don't know where I belong. It's kind of strange. Even though I was raised to be an international person, there's no place, there's no international place. Like, it's not a place. Like, it's like it's not somewhere you go and it has its own... I don't know. It's really strange. I think yeah, it's weird. You know, you go like because even though let's say I'm a I have a lot of Western ideals classical you know Western values when I was in America I still felt that I wasn't exactly home and I don't think that's ever going to change because there is not a place like that 
there is i do have an experience that was very close like i do have that feeling sometimes that like oh man you know i'm where i'm supposed to be and i get that feeling when i'm around people just talking about ideas you know talking about abstract things and how the world could be and there i feel like at home in in the space of ideas i feel like i i belong there but i don't so this is i think one of the downsides of this internationalization that i was exposed to is that i don't quite fit in perfectly anywhere it's weird right because when you i don't know maybe it's just my experience but like uh, this is not because people haven't tried like when i was in america there were people were so accommodating and they were so welcoming and but it's just it's just in the back of my head you know like hey i'm i'm just a, i'm i'm a guest here you know they they, 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 kick, they can kick me out out of here anytime um but and 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 when i'm in sri lanka like even though i'm like okay i'm sri lankan i have no one can do anything to me here i still don't feel like i belong there because i feel like everyone's just judging me all the time and i am very different to the average sri lankan so there's the they, they, they keep a, they keep a distance from me um not for like a trying so like when i went back to sri lanka after graduating in, from the us i worked there for 5 years and i tried to like i just couldn't i tried you know i was around sri lankans a, a lot and i worked at a sri lankan company with sri lankan multiple sri lankan companies and the way i looked at the world just it just it just wasn't how they were raised you know so it's weird so all of this to say that this is what it got me thinking about when i read this thing and i was like okay i think the default reaction that i'm seeing from let's say the universities and media is like man this is insane this is a terrible idea first of course i have no say in this matter i'm just some guy right who's studying here and i'm glad and i'm and i'm honored <laughs> to have the opportunity to be here and study and uh, be useful somehow i don't think it's insane i like i i don't i don't i don't think it's a good idea <laughs> that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is like i don't think it's it's useful to call it insane and just think of it as some sort of crazy racist thing to do like it's it's weird like what does it mean to be sri lankan or what does it mean to be dutch i think this is this stems from the fact that we don't really have a good idea of what language is right i mean like we know we have, we, we under we, we study it we understand some of it but like 
as far as most people are concerned, language is a proxy for culture or like where you belong. I don't know. It's weird. Um, and I think it's worth thinking about why people would be in favor of something like this. Personally, for me, like Sri Lanka did something very similar, which caused a lot of problems in Sri Lanka. So I'm not saying it's going to be the same here because, you know, who knows? Personally, I'm not a fan of top-down control like this, which you should have gathered by now. Um, I think universities should be free to choose what they want to teach and how they want to teach it. But I mean, but this is not new because, like, I guess even the university administration gets in the way a lot. Uh, gets in the teacher the way of professors. So while they are complaining about having top-down control imposed on them, they themselves really do tend to impose some of their own things on how subjects should be taught and like what material can be used. Like this whole this whole like uh, thing about hybrid education or like. Uh, having having a re- regulation about what materials can be online and whether it's on, on campus, I don't know. I think that should be left to the professors to decide if they want to and teach how they how they want to teach. Like when I join a program, I'm not joining a program for the opinions and the teaching methodologies of the administration. I look at the program, I look at the professors who are in the program, you know, I look at their background, their research, their classes, what they want to teach, and then I'm like, that's how I base my decision on, on whether I want to come to a program or not, right? Not, you know, not the not if the administration has given professors some training on, I don't know, de-biasing. I don't, that doesn't matter to me. Um... I think it's worth understanding why this was proposed and why they think it would be why like most the public would be okay with this in the Netherlands. I think the academic community much like much like my experience in high school can be a bit of a bubble it seems preposterous for the university population or you know professors and the administration to for this for this to be proposed but i think they are a little too disconnected sometimes from the immediate um world we live in so if this is if something like this is a surprise to you if this seems something completely out of left field i think maybe that's more of a re- reflection of the univ- the academic community being more and more disconnected from the general public than anything else.
um because i think there is a rightful and meaningful claim in saying that there are things about let's say i'm, I'm going to take the, the 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 netherlands as an example and say that yeah there are things about being dutch and the, our culture and our history and those th- there are things that we need to preserve and learn from and maybe improve upon and how and i think language using language is a is a weak well it's not i don't know what again what the hell do i know is basically a proxy for saying all those things right like even though the direct sort of overt claim here is that the 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 need to reduce the number of incoming international students okay i understand that like you know it it's been kind of rough it's just a small country you know like i don't know i don't know what 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 all the calculations are i'm just talking about how i how i what i think i just don't like the idea that of this impos- of of being forced to do something like this you know like our dep- my, the department that i'm involved with has so many international professors there and the subjects that we learn are so quirky and interesting and technical i don't know how you would fill all those positions with the prerequisite that everyone be able to speak and teach in dutch that's kind of that seems kind of insane but the you know i don't know like it would be a shame to think that the program that i would really love like the the program that i was in 3 years for 3 years may not exist in a couple of years if because um of these requirements because I, i really think it's great but um Yeah as someone who's been an international student their whole life this was kind of a wake up call because I wasn't like in the sense that it, it's the okay I was trained to be an international air quotes but it was mostly I was trained to be a western classical western minded person like with western values right I'm not saying this is a good or a bad thing. Like, I mean, there are lots of things about the the traditional uh, Judeo-Christian Western ethos that I value. Again, I'm I know I'm pissing off a lot of people by making these generalizations, but just just leave me alone, okay? There are other things that I value about this, and I think I'm gonna read this small description about what my parents think about uh the west so for them they see the west as a place where people can just get on with their lives they associate the west with a lack of corruption and a place of fairness they associate the west as a place where the law applies to everyone equally no matter who you know or how much money you have and finally and perhaps the most important association they hold is that the value the western world places on education they see that see the west as a place where education skills and hard work 
are the only preconditions for belonging there. So, those are a lot of things, same a lot of the same associations that I have with uh, democratic, liberal Western society. And this is a bit of a wake-up call because for me, I'm starting to see this as the West trying... Because lately, there has been, an, from what I gather, this this sense that because of this weird, everything's racist, everything that ever happened that's good in the Western world was because of all the terrible things that white people did. I don't know. This is that's the that's this idea. So like, there's been there's been this sort of devaluation of many of Western democratic liberal values that I actually was grow, like trained to grow up with that have been under attack. I think I see this as a as a reaction. You know, like trying to defend defend it defend itself. And I can't disagree with that. I think there are a lot of things, a lot of things that we need to appreciate and love and nurture and transmit to the future generations about some of the great things that have been accomplished by nations like the Netherlands. Good and the bad, you know, like... Man, yeah. So I I understand this sort of uh, reaction, uh, and I think it's useful for the academic community to, community to understand this too. Because I honestly I think universities have have lost their goddamn minds in some aspects of this insane push to basically. Um, sterilize their education, their environment, their buildings of anything to do with where they're actually based. Like, I love the I love Tilburg University. It's given me so much, but I like it's kind of eerie because. You would not be able to tell you in the Netherlands if you just walked around the university. Like, it's feels like an airport. <laughs> like, in, in in it's a strange, it's a surreal kind of experience. So, I think universities, to a certain degree, have gone way, way too far with their whole, you know, push. So this is this seems to me like a bit of a reaction to that like I have seen so there are so on campus I've seen the Dutch flag being flown just once a year which just seems kind of strange I don't know you say what you, say what you, what you want about that but uh, I don't know like you know we want to make everyone feel welcome but there's something wrong with being proud of 
your nation and things that you accomplished and your culture and your values like those are some of the things that make the made the netherlands what it is today and those are worth preserving and i don't know what international culture means like uh i don't understand it's a it's a it's a strange thing anyway so that's been my rant i'm going to stop talking now cuz i can talk about this forever but yeah that's it thanks for tuning in this has been a one deeper podcast thanks for joining and i hope you learned something catch you again next time